This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything hey. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. It's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we talk with the president of the Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities, pushing for more information on the Lake Diefenbaker Mega Project. Ray Orb says the irrigation project would help battle drought in Saskatchewan during very dry years. Saskatchewan seed growers advise farmers to seed wheat midge tolerant varieties this year. And we have a look at grain movement in January. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. SARM is pushing for more progress on the Lake Diefenbaker Irrigation Project to provide much-needed drought relief. President Ray Orbs says the $4 billion mega project was announced in 2020 and is hoping for an update on construction work. He says $45 million was allocated for preliminary engineering and there was discussion phase one work could start this year. We're definitely really excited about the uh, the project. We were aware of that when it, it was announced. So that would be a great project for the, uh, the Lake Deepwick area, but also the entire province. So now we're asking for an update. Uh, we haven't heard much about the project as far as irrigation expansion, but we are uh, really interested in uh, in finding out what the status of that is. We feel uh, we don't want the project delayed any longer. We want it to go ahead as planned. How important is this project? Just what are some of the key elements? Well, the idea of, of doubling the, the uh, irrigation acres in the province you know, from about 240,000 acres to almost 500,000 acres is great for the province. So it actually boosts our GDP in the province by about 40, maybe as high as $80 billion when the, uh, in the second stage uh, that's planned is completed. So this is a really uh, about food security, being able to uh, rely less on, on foreign imports and be able to produce more of our own food. So this project is invaluable, and that's why we wanted to go ahead. So the latest that you've heard is just where is this project? Well, there is a consultant, you know, and the province has provided funding towards the consulting and the planning of the phase one. And so there is already a canal in place, if you're familiar with the west side, expansion project most of that project is is already been started but it hasn't been completed so we're wanting that and i know the province is wanting that that initial stage to go ahead there are about nine rms in that in that area there that are that are directly affected by it so i'm sure they're all waiting and they have been um, consulting uh with the rms in that area so they do know about the potential of the project so it's kind of at that stage right now and we're wondering now how fast that uh, first project will be completed. The southwest suffers from drought as we speak, pretty much. And we had a pretty province-wide drought just a couple of years ago. You see this as a solution to part of that whole problem? 
Well, you know, it certainly will help. That's for sure. Um, you know, SARM is um, is aware there are other uh, projects in the province uh, that need to be completed. You know, as far as promoting irrigation, but this is the biggest. This is a mega project, and uh, if uh, this project uh, needs to go ahead sooner the better. It certainly will help. You know, the ranchers in this province, especially the uh, RMs in the in that area around Lake Deep Baker, I think are are waiting for this to go ahead. So whenever there can be other crops grown, you know, whether it's hay, alfalfa, other other grain crops, but certainly, you know, even vegetable crops and things like that need to go ahead. And I think that's where the value really lies, is specialty crops and things like that that will uh, promote agriculture more in our province and uh, contribute more towards our gross domestic product. Ray Orb is the president of the Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Spalley on 620 CKRM. There is an end in sight to this week's brutal wave of cold air. Environment Canada meteorologist Brian Proctor says weather will turn milder this weekend. Well, we're looking at the cold air really settling in right now, coming down out of the Canadian Arctic. And it's probably going to be sort of lingering into the start of the weekend at this point in time. So we're looking at uh, sort of daytime highs right through Friday, sort of mid to minus 21 to about minus 25. Overnight lows, minus 28 to minus 32 during that time frame. The coldest morning is likely going to be Friday morning at this point. We do have extreme cold warnings out for uh, much of the province at this point in time. And I expect those to continue right through uh, Friday at this point. We see a little bit of moderation in those temperatures on Saturday. And then really as we move into Sunday, some warmer begins to flood in from uh, areas west of the province, BC and Alberta, and that sort of pushes the temperature Sunday up to near the freezing point with a chance to send some flurries in the afternoon into the evening. And then after that, we sort of settle back into much more seasonal-like conditions with sort of mixed skies, temperatures around minus 7, overnight lows minus 17 to minus 20. So below seasonal a little bit, but uh, not as cold as it's been. And then after that, as we start moving into March, we look at our seasonal forecast for the month of March. It's suggesting that we're not seeing much of a signature on, on sort of precipitation-wise. It's really discernible, but definitely looking below seasonal temperature-wise. So you said March is expected to be colder than normal, but how bad? It doesn't look severe at this point in time for the green belt. I would expect to maybe get a little bit of an injection of some cold air in there at some point in time, especially for northern communities. But in general terms, it doesn't look as cold as what we're seeing right now. And one of the things to remember as we move into that, we really do need that sort of contrast between the cold and the heat that produces what meteorologists might term a frontal boundary to form somewhere across southern portions of the province and oscillate up a little bit further north as systems track along that frontal boundary and produce some snowfall across the green belt. And that's really significant for us from an agricultural point of view. We do need those late winter, early spring snowfalls to really push up that soil moisture possibilities to move into planting season. Yeah, you're talking about that for spring seeding. Yes, absolutely. And it's it's really, you know, oftentimes we think, well, we need that snowfall really all through the whole winter, but it's really essential that we get it in the late winter, early spring more than anything else. And is it going to happen? That's a good question. Uh, well, we're not seeing any clear signal right now on our models from a precipitation point of view. So it does look a little cooler. And hopefully when you see that little bit of coolness, oftentimes that means there's more barrel or we're close to that frontal boundary. So I'd like to be optimistic and suggest hopefully we'll see some moisture associated with that, but it's very tenuous at this point. And the outlook for late spring and summer? Looking seasonal. We're coming out of a La Nina at this point in time, so it looks much more like typical kind of pattern. So hopefully we'll get adequate spring moisture and let people get out there and get seeding. Brian Proctor is a meteorologist with Environment Canada. 
Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney on 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. So Sherry Hewson joining me here, an absolutely fascinating uh, share here at uh, Canada's Ag Day, the future of food, about spending seven years in the bush and how you moved from hunter-gatherer culture all the way to innovation. Tell me a little bit about what inspired you and your partner to do that. The primary reason that inspired us is one, we had a dream as kids. We even drew and we had little pictures from when we were in like kindergarten and nursery school of living off the land. So that was number one. Secondly, we were so frustrated with people and the planet and what was happening to the world. And we wanted to live a different way. And that's what inspired us to go. Now you spent, as I, I, I sort of gave it away a little bit, you spent seven years living in the bush, very rural British Columbia. You're here in Ontario now. You shared with us today how you moved from that hunter-gatherer culture all the way through and what you learned along the way. But it took seven years. So very quickly, walk me through just sort of those four steps, what that looked like for you. Right. So I would say the four steps really were that we met neighbors. So hunter-gatherer, met neighbors, started to trade, and started to farm. From that and meeting neighbors and seeing their comforts and conveniences, we added energy. Energy then put us in the industrial era with solar and wind, and then we needed knowledge. And then we added the internet information era, and then from there we were able to automate into the future. Now the fascinating thing for me is you mentioned that you added the agriculture component, which was wonderful. Each one of them had its own wonderful aspects, but that two things happened. One, pests, and the other is you lost all your time. Right. So walk me through that. Which pests? What happened? Yeah. Yeah. So we lost time when we started to farm. And then we lost a lot of time in the industrial era in which we now had this full system working of food production. And it was so labor intensive. And that's why we lost time is we had to spend all our time now at home managing the systems, managing the food production manually. And that was the loss of time. So in agriculture, we struggle with a couple things, and I want to talk about innovation in a moment, but we also struggle with labor. We struggle with the labor component, and often our solution is just more people, just more people hours, just more labor, but that you didn't have that option, so you had to go with knowledge and innovation. So what did that look like? Yep, um, and that actually was research-based. So all the knowledge is out there. All the information is there. We just have to go find it and then put it together in a different way. So we were doing small innovation in that we were taking what was already available, putting it together in a new way and ending up with this fully circular, self-sufficient food system that we hadn't planned. Now you do say in your in your keynote that you know you went to went to the bush as environmentalists, learned that pesticides came up for a reason. So what what pest did you have to deal with? Um, well, I don't even know the name of the insects, but I do know like the little um, like um, 
like the little flies. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, fungus gnats. Yeah, yeah, fungus gnats and... Um, white flies sometimes. White flies. And uh, we had like a little white little worm thing in the in the soil um and vinegar scared them all away (laughs) which thankfully was that simple but what i found wonderful because as a as a farmer myself and working in agriculture often we feel that there's a misunderstanding that you know that farmers are somehow using pesticides willy-nilly and and you know but realistically the pests come whether you want them to or not correct Absolutely. And that was part of that aha around innovation, that, that nobody intended anything negative by bringing pesticides in. Yes, there's some side effects. Yes, we need to monitor use. Yes, we need some regulations around it. But those all came as soon as we recognized the side effects. And it's in this delicate balance that is now incredibly important. We've got 8 billion people to feed. So without that... We would we would face famine and hunger way beyond what we've got today. So pesticides, in many ways, is has been saving our food system and people for hundreds of years. We just didn't we don't think about it that way of the lives saved. This has been your Real Agriculture update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri weather forecast on the Voice of Saskatchewan, six twenty CKRM. The Real Agriculture Report has been brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, increasing cloudiness, winds up to 15 kilometers per hour. The high today, minus 25, the low, minus 28. Tomorrow, mainly cloudy, winds up to 15 kilometers per hour. The high, minus 24 tomorrow, wind chill minus 37 in the morning and minus 32 tomorrow afternoon. The low, minus 32. Friday, partly cloudy, the high minus 21, the low minus 30. Moderating on Saturday with sunny sky, high minus 14, the low minus 16. Sunday, sunny, the high minus 1, 30% chance of evening flurries, the low minus 12. Monday, partly cloudy, the high minus 7, low minus 17. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 7. Normal high for this date is minus 5, the normal low minus 17. The sun rose at 7.57 this morning. It sets at 6.27 tonight. And currently, the hot spot right now is Coronac in the south country at minus 22. The cold spot, Melfort, at minus 31. Estevan is minus 26, Saskatoon minus 29, Swift Current minus 25, Weyburn minus 26, Yorkton is minus 28. In Regina with cloudy sky, it's minus 26, that's 15 below Fahrenheit. Winds are from the north-northwest at 14. Humidity is 68%, the barometer rising 103.3. Cloudy in Moose Jaw minus 27, winds are from the north-northwest at 11. Once again, Regina cloudy and minus 26, that's 15 below Fahrenheit. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. 
You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers, mcdougallauctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Saskatchewan farmers are being urged to consider planting a wheat midge tolerant variety this year. One look at the Saskatchewan wheat midge forecast map shows a lot more red than in recent years, especially an hour north of Regina, south of Melford, and pockets around Watrous. The president of the Saskatchewan Seed Growers Association, Kurt Prince from Gravelberg, says wheat midge is a threat to production. Saskag publishes a forecast every year, and they're forecasting some significant hot spots of midge, especially on the east side of the province, but also um, throughout the province towards North Battleford, Lloyd Minster. So, yeah, that forecast would be kind of an increase compared to what we've seen in the last few years, for sure. The challenge of wheat midge will be control, with few chemicals available to control wheat midge after this year. There is one option, but it's not the best. Yeah, that's correct. And we know any insecticide isn't ideal. These are broad-range insecticides that can be harmful to beneficials in the field, as well as the targeted wheat midge. And insecticides have a narrow window of application and aren't always the most user-friendly product to use. The other option is to use a wheat midge tolerant variety, which have been around for about 10 years. A midge tolerant variety is a varietal blend, meaning they're composed of approximately 90% of a variety that has the SM1 gene that makes it resistant to uh, wheat midge. And then 10%, what we call a refuge variety, which is susceptible to uh, wheat midge. And what that does is uh, it prevents a buildup of naturally occurring resistant. In the midge population across the province, there's a small percent that are resistant to the SM1 gene, which means they're unaffected by it. And without the use of this uh, refuge variety and uh, the varietal ends, we'd see a quick buildup of them uh, resistant midge. Prince says there are several blends. Oh, several. In all the popular uh, wheat classes, including Durham, there's several options that are, you know, among the best, not only for uh, midge resistance, but uh, disease yield. Not a lot of drawbacks growing a midge tolerant variety. Prince says wheat wheat rotations would benefit from a midge tolerant variety and explains why farmers have to sign a stewardship agreement. Yes, yeah, so when you buy a Mitch Tolerant variety, you have to sign a stewardship agreement that says you'll only save seed from the first generation to reseed. And that is because we know uh, Mitch are attacking the refuge variety, and then that reduces the percentage of refuge variety in the, the blend you have. So we don't want to see uh, that refuge go away and then which would correspond with a buildup of the uh, resistant midge. Prince's seed supply is adequate. Yeah, I think seed supplies are decent of midge tolerant varieties, but I would, if I was a farmer, I would want to start talking to my trusted seed suppliers uh, 
sooner rather than later to secure supply. That's Kurt Prince from Gravelberg, the president of the Saskatchewan Seed Growers Association, talking about wheat midge tolerant varieties. More information is in the 2023 Saskatchewan Seed Guide. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Green Weeks 23 to 26 amounted to a month of ups and downs when it came to rail car movement. Milt Poirier is with QGI Consulting and he monitors the railway's grain movement performance on behalf of the Ag Transport Coalition, a consortium of grain companies and producer organizations. He comments on week 25 and 26, the end of January. It's been a roller coaster. I think that's a pretty accurate description. If you, if we go all the way back, if you recall in weeks 21 and 22, which were the weeks right before and after Christmas, performance for both railways was very poor. And, you know, we had some severe cold on the prairies in week 21, and that kind of triggered it all. But then we had seen, you know, a bit of a hopeful recovery, both from CN and, and CP in weeks 23 and 24. Not that performance was tremendous, but it was much better than we had seen, you know, over the Christmas and New Year's period. Unfortunately, not sustainable, which is not surprising given kind of the up and down performance we've seen for a while now, which seems to kind of cycle, if you will. You get a week or two of good performance, a week or two of bad performance. The last couple of weeks, 25 and 26, pretty much downhill for both CN and CP. CP with the biggest decline, the last couple of weeks have been very poor for them. Week 26 in particular, order fulfillment performance falling to 55%, which is their worst performance of the year. CN, you know, not quite as bad, but, but still on a downward trajectory for the third straight week. We had initially reported for CN week 26 at uh, 69%, but we've since learned that there was some erroneous reporting by by a shipper, so that we're going to adjust that this week just a, a, a hair. So it'll actually be a restated 72%, which, you know, it's better than 69, but it's not great. So, you know, for me, this kind of downward trajectory that we've seen, you can kind of bring it all the way back to weeks 21 and 22. That's really when the landscape kind of changed. 23 and 24, admittedly, were better, but then it turned the other way. And now for two straight weeks, you know, it's been going on, going in the wrong direction. Poirier says Vancouver has seen grain export problems, notably caused by heavy rain delaying vessel loading, which ripples back into the country. He says Prairie Rail service has been inconsistent and volatile, with the best service in Manitoba, the worst in Saskatchewan. He says the number of outstanding hopper car orders has been spiking high, jumping to near 3,000. With 2,000 at CP and 1,000 at CN, it's a function of capacity and is a big concern. Milt Poirier is with QGI Consulting. Here's the market updates with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. Market update brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building material supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. And Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. 
Grain prices at Viterra were showing some downward movement. Canola fell 580 at 819.32. Number one red spring wheat dropped 302 at 414.98. The rest were unchanged. Durham 451.77. Feed barley 367.58. Chickpeas 1058.22. Flax, 636.98. Lentils, 704.50. Oats, 229.32. Yellow peas, 463.55. And feed wheat, 289.56. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for March went down 8 and 3 quarter cents at 9.15 and 3 quarters cent a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock, 842-4574. Now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of February 21st. Our last regular sale is on February 15th. D1 and D2 cows sold from $1 to $1.14. D3 cows sold from $0.90 to $1. Counter cows sold from $0.75 to $0.85. Hefret sold from $1.50 to $1.80. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.25 to $1.43. We had a pre-sorted calf sale on February 13th. It was a good day to sell cattle in Weyburn. We're always working hard to put extra money in your pocket. 400 to 450 pound steers averaged $3.09 and sold at the $3.30. 450 to 500 pound steers averaged $3.09 and sold up to $3.35. 500 to 550 pound steers averaged $3.00 and seven cents and sold at the three dollars at thirty five cents. Five fifty to six hundred pound steers averaged three dollars and sold up to three dollars and eighteen cents. Six hundred to six fifty pound steers averaged two ninety and sold up to three dollars and ten cents. Six fifty to seven hundred pound steers averaged two dollars and eighty cents and sold up to two dollars and ninety six cents. Seven hundred to eight hundred pound steers averaged two dollars and sixty four cents and sold up to two dollars and seventy seven cents and eight hundred to 900-pound steers averaged $2.53 and sold up to $2.64. Heifers were about 40 to 45 cents back from the steers. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. And today's pork price quotes, $194.18 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the resource report brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. Tech Resources says it will split the Vancouver-based mining firm in two. CEO Jonathan Price says the plan to separate tech steelmaking coal from its base metals operations will allow both entities to achieve their full potential. The steelmaking coal assets, including four mines in B.C., will be spun off to create a separate publicly traded company called Elk Valley Resources. Tech Resources will be renamed Tech Metals to focus on copper and will be anchored by Tech's QB2 copper mine in Chile. Suncor Energy has announced Rich Kruger as the company's new president and CEO. The Calgary-based oil producer and refiner says Kruger will replace interim CEO Chris Smith starting April 3rd. Kruger worked for ExxonMobil for 39 years, leading its Canadian arm, Imperial Oil, from 2013 to 2019 before retiring from the company. Mark Little resigned as CEO last July under pressure from an aggressive activist investor and in the wake of a spate of workplace deaths and safety cases. 
At least a dozen workers have died at the company's oil sands operations in northern Alberta since 2014, and Little resigned one day after the most recent fatality. On the markets, the TSX is up one point at 20,254. The Dow has gained 84 points to 33,213. Oil has gone down $1.84 at 74.52 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 73.90 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of the broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news, on your voice for everything ag, 620 CKRM. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada. Before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils, maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada.